Welcome to Today Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sango, and today I'm bringing you a session from Digiday Publishing Summit that we held in Japan. In diversifying their revenue streams, many publishers are trying their hand at content studios. Jim Piercy, creative director for EMEA and Asia at the Wall Street Journal, discussed the opportunities and challenges for being an in-house ad agency for the journal's clients. Listen in. My name is Jim Piercy. I am creative director for EMEA and Asia, based in London for WSGA Custom Studios for the Wall Street Journal Barons Group. Before that, I was creative director at Bloomberg Media, again, based in London, where around 15 years ago, I set up their custom model, primarily at that time for television. And I joined the Wall Street Journal in 2014. Um, Quickly, because this will become relevant, but the Wall Street Journal itself is 125 years old. We've won 40 Pulitzer Prizes, For the last 29 years, we've been voted the most trusted and credible news source in the United States. And we've actually never had more paid subscribers than we do today, which I think speaks very strongly to the value that the marketplace puts on quality journalism and platforms right now. We refer to ourselves as the decision platform. Um, And that's because our audience uses us to decide. 78% of our audience say we equip them to make informed decisions. And that's important in the content space because that deeper engagement means a stronger memory encoding and that means stronger brand recall. That's actual science. So um, WSJ Custom Studios So uh, we're a team of uh, creatives, writers, filmmakers, developers. We're effectively the in-house ad agency uh, for the Wall Street Journal's clients. We're responsible for turning advertising uh, challenges and revenue into solutions and content that our audience wants to engage with. And that's an audience that is already qualified through the Wall Street Journal's um, subscription model. We make advertising, basically. Um, We're very proud of that. Um, And we've been very well rewarded for it. As you can see, this is the show-off bit. But praise from your peers is one thing. It's all very nice. But does it work for your clients? And if it does, how do you prove it? So I'm sure you all know what this type of thing looks like, but to us, content kind of looks like this. We're talking primarily in the digital space, although we still actually do a fair bit of print. Um, And content is advertising, right? And you have to ask yourself, why are you doing content? And why have you chosen content over other forms of advertising? What can content do for you that other types of advertising can't. And that's why it's really hard, because we're judged on time spent. So whether you are on the Wall Street Journal or Vice or Condé Nast, you chose to be there, right? You chose to go and consume that content. But we're now asking you to go somewhere else and spend time with that. 
So it's incredibly important that you understand your audience and you give them a reason to do that. This is a great quote from the amazing Bob Levinson of um, advertising fame. Most people ignore advertising. We don't like to admit that, but they do. And they do that because most advertising ignores people. You have to give your audience a reason to spend time with you. Watch our brand film is not enough. You have to earn consumers' attention. So we always start with ideas, right? And content or a video series or long form or any other, they're not ideas, they're delivery mechanisms. But there are three pillars that are the foundations for our work, which is authenticity, narrative, and platform. Authenticity speaks to the intrinsic values of a brand. A brand has to have a license to talk about itself in a certain way, because if they don't, you can end up with a Pepsi Kendall Jenner situation. Narrative, in almost 20 years of working in the content space, I don't think I've ever worked with a brand or a company or a product that didn't have an amazing narrative behind it. It's a question of convincing that brand that that's the story that they should tell. And platform is increasingly important uh, as context because 48% of online traffic is human, right? That's less than half. 50% of online display ads are unviewable. That's in Capsula and Wall Street Journal figures. Um, and you put that into a, a marketplace and a context in a rise of ad blockers uh, and fake news. Um, and you can see why a platform and a context is incredibly important for your brand and your brand safety. So how do we apply those to, to our campaigns? I'm gonna show you some brief examples of what we do. This is a campaign that we put together for VistaJet. VistaJet is a private jet company. Um, the, the authenticity here is that what VistaJet do is they have a very niche audience and they need to um, fill seats on planes, right? This is a, they, they come to us because there is a synergy between our high net worth individual and ultra high net worth individual audience. And we're talking to the same people. Now, the narrative for, for VistaJet is they're not interested in telling people how luxurious their planes are. The, the people who fly on their planes are millionaires or billionaires. They expect luxury, right? They ha we have to talk to them about things they're interested in. Give them a reason to spend time with the content. So it's business strategies, it's innovation, and it's how uh, VistaJet's values are mirrored in the values of their customer and prospective customer. And we ran a brand uplift along with this campaign. Now, 92% had an improved impression after visiting this site, but I think crucially is the last stat here. 148 requests for more information. 148 doesn't sound very much, but these are, these are qualified requests where they either have to pick up the phone or email VistaJet for more information. Now, just so you know, the VIP package subscription for VistaJet for a year is $2 million. Now, in, in content, we often talk about 
soft metrics, you know, time spent, engagement, scroll depth, but you must always check the fundamental business reason for doing content. Now, VistaJet, yes, they want to have a brand uplift. Yes, they want you to spend more time thinking about VistaJet, but ultimately they need bums on seats in planes, right? And we help them do that. And we've actually done something very similar at a very different end of the luxury scale for Prada that um, we're just in the middle of. This is a piece that we did for the UK government, the Department of International Trade. Uh, we, what we wanted to do for them is they wanted to talk to a global audience of people who might want to be interested in investing in the UK. We made them a three-part film series um, that the actually spoke to the real life relationships that these people build up when they're uh, trading with each other. So we uh, spoke with a company in um, London who that have a partnership with Mitsui in Tokyo. Um, and we had, th we had three stories, a live activation at Davos, but there was also, again, a lead generation piece. Now, we're talking, again, to a very niche audience. These are people, the C-suite, who can uh, think about relocating or locating a business to a completely different country. Uh, and that's the synergy with our brand, that we actually delivered 10% over an ambitious, um, ambitious goal for lead gen. Yes, we had exceeded the content view goal, but the most important thing is that they get those leads. And the last piece I'd like to show, this is for Star Alliance, the airline uh, group. They came to us with a single piece of research that was the more you travel, the more successful you are, that there is a direct correlation between people who travel more and who are more successful in business and life. Um, and we brought this together under the umbrella Connecting Cultures. And we had to find the truth between all our brands and all our audiences. This was a collaboration with National Geographic. And I wrote five films that challenged a National Geographic uh, writer in one of five hubs for Star Alliance around the world. The, the truth being that successful people are always looking for more. And I'll play you the trailer so you can get a better idea of this. Can we get volume, please? It looks pretty, but I don't want to sing along. My name's Robert Reed. I'm a travel journalist, and Star Alliance has challenged me to fly on a round-the-world ticket to enjoy five unique cultural experiences. So, we'll see what happens. How do I look? You. living here. Say Achu. Achu. Bless me. What a place to be. It's just like this is built for riding a horse. And there's no precedent for this day, which is not over and already the best travel day of my life. We've arranged for you to take center stage at the Gathering of Nations. You're going to be racing tomorrow? No, you will. Turns out this is just a warm-up for my fight tomorrow. Oh boy. 
honestly don't know if anyone can have an experience exactly like this, and it's really not the point. The point is we have to try. You will find experiences and cultures and friendships and lessons that can change your life. This certainly has changed mine. So there were a lot of parts to this campaign. The, the five films, there was user-generated content, um, and we had our standard like, advertising units, there was social, there was print. But the most important thing, of course, is the results. Star Alliance is much more mass audience than Vistajet. We reached a billion international travelers with this campaign. We had 3.3 million interactions with the tool picked up eight industry awards, and we exceeded their content view goal by uh, four times their goal. Um, so that is three effectively isolated case studies, right? But there are some truths that run across all our, all our platforms, all our uh, programs. 87% of our audience believe our advertisers are audience leaders, and that's uh, important for brand trust, and that's where we center on trust. Eight out of 10 take action as a result of advertising in our pages, which means conversion. 65% uh, of our readers recall the client sponsoring the content, 80% say their perception has improved, 82% of C-suite executives trust that content. So what's the magic formula? Well, I'm sorry that there isn't one. Um, but be useful and be entertaining because remember you're asking somebody to do something that they didn't want to do. Preferably be both. But if you think you have an amazing story for a brand or if you are that brand with an amazing story, be honest, be brave and tell that story. Arigato uh, gozaimasu. Thank you. Uh, only a couple of minutes, um, but I mean, in the in the the four plus years since you came to the Wall Street Journal, what's the one biggest change that you've seen to the business? More content. I mean, so everyone wants content now, even. Uh, advertisers that were traditionally a little more skeptical, like luxury, for example, luxury are much more guarded around their brand voice and their brand image, justifiably and completely understandably so. But they are now stepping into the content space and relinquishing the keys to their kind of advertising kingdom to publishers as well. Okay. Um, we hear a lot about brands themselves doing more content. And usually that's interpreted as a threat to agencies. Is there also a threat to publishers doing this kind of content? I think it could be, um, but it doesn't keep me awake at night. I, I think what is creating content is one thing, delivering it is another. You can produce endless quantities of content, but where does it live? outside of social channels, what's the, what's the user journey to get people there? And I also think it's, it's very dependent on what section, what demographic you're trying to speak to. FMCG, you may have something in Twitter that does exactly what, what you need to do as an in-brand in publisher. If you're trying to attract you know, a, somebody that might relocate a business from one country to another, that's a very more specific play. 
Okay, so the Star Alliance example you used, yep. why, why is that sort of thing done by the Wall Street Journal and not by an advertising agency or a content agency? What yeah. did you bring that was special to that that they perhaps would not be able to bring? Outside of distribution. Yeah, so I think distribution is, or distribution less so, more audience, actually, and it, uh, that, again, was a, was a um, collaboration with National Geographic. So we both brought specific kind of skill sets to the development of that project. But it's, you know, a lot of people talk about audience. The way we talk about audience is that, yes, we have this section of society, and yes, they spend this much money, but actually, they also activate from our platform. They, mm -hmm. they use our platform to decide, to make decisions and to activate their spending power, not just we have X amount of high net worth individuals. Right, so two things off that. Um, you mentioned collaboration with National Geographic. Is this something you're seeing a lot more where clients want you to collaborate, not just with another agency, but maybe with another publisher? A lot more, a lot more. Um, Sometimes brands within our stable, National Geographic being the obvious example, but sometimes outside. You know, we've um, recently done a partnership for a Swiss bank, and we uh, ran content in conjunction with Mashable. You know, very different beast to what we are. Um, but I, and that's been increasing certainly in the last two years that I've mm -hmm. seen. Um, publishers and content houses are being asked to play nice with each other because you know the the client sees the sense in a varied distribution um, and we have to make sense of that yeah. and make content that works across all those platforms is that just um, about being efficient is that mostly what's driving uh, that because I mean if you go to each individual publisher which each has their own content studio at this point that's highly inefficient I think it is highly inefficient. I guess it's about the trade-off between how well a publisher knows their own audience, so how well do they know another publisher's audience or another distribution channel's audience. Um, efficiency is definitely part of it. Mm -hmm. So the final thing is on the metrics. Um, with VistaJet, you showed, um, you know, as you said, bums in seat. That's what they're after. Um, historically, with content studios, um, they really have leaned on publisher metrics, views, engagement. Are you seeing a lot more uh, clients insist on seeing real business metrics? Harder metrics, certainly. Whilst content programs have gone up in number, the, um, the metrics have also got tighter. So we're being asked to deliver over and above Three years ago, click through, dwell time, um, time spent. Now it's direct leads, um, you know, ROI sales, um, something you know, much more tighter metrics. They're asking for a lot more. Right. Okay. Jim, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, then please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. And if you like our show, then please don't forget to give it a rating. It really helps new listeners discover our podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back soon with another episode.